Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. A Crocodile-Like Robot Helps Solve a 300-Million-Year Mystery by Matt Simon Nearly 300 million years ago, a curious creature called Ourobates Pobsti walked the land. Animals had just begun pulling themselves out of the water and exploring the big, dry world. And here was the plant-eating tetrapod Ourobates, making its way on four legs. Paleontologists know it did so because one particularly well-preserved fossil has, well, four legs. And luckily enough, scientists also discovered fossilized footprints or trackways to match. The assumption has been that Ourobates, a cousin of the amniote lineage, which today includes mammals and reptiles, and other early tetrapods hadn't yet evolved an advanced gait, instead dragging themselves along more like salamanders. But today, in an epically multidisciplinary paper in Nature, Researchers detail how they married paleontology, biomechanics, computer simulations, live animal demonstrations, and even an Ourobates robot to determine that the ancient critter probably walked in a far more advanced way than was previously believed possible. And that has big implications for the understanding of how locomotion evolved on land, not to mention how scientists study the ways extinct animals of all types got around. Taken alone, a fossil skeleton or fossil trackways aren't enough to divine how an animal moved. The footprints only show you what their feet are doing, says biomechanist John Hutchinson at the Royal Veterinary College, co-author on the new paper. Because there's so many degrees of freedom or different ways a joint can move. Humans, after all, share an anatomy but can manage lots of silly ways to walk with the same equipment. Without the footprints, the researchers wouldn't be able to tell with much confidence how the fossil skeleton moved. And without the skeleton, they wouldn't be able to fully parse the footprints. But with both, they could calculate hundreds of possible gates for Ourobates, from the less advanced belly dragging of a skink to the more advanced, higher posture of a crocodilian running on land. They then used a computer simulation to toy with the parameters, such as 
how much the spine bends back and forth as the animal moves. The simulation basically told us the forces on the animal and gave us some estimates of how the mechanics of the animal may have worked overall, says Hutchinson. You can actually play with the parameters yourself with this fantastic interactive the team put together. It's over on Wired.com, so why don't you click on it and play along with me? Really, I'll, I'll wait. The dots in the three-dimensional graphs are possible gates. Blue dots get high scores and red dots get low scores. Double-click on one and below you'll see that particular gate at work in simulation. You'll notice that the red dots make for gates that look a bit ungainly. Dark blue dots, however, look like they're a more reasonable way for a tetrapod to move. At bottom, you'll see videos of extant species like the iguana and caiman, a small crocodilian. It was observations of these species that helped the researchers determine what biomechanical factors are important, such as how much the spine bends. A few other parameters? The sliders on the left let you monkey with things like power expenditure. Slide it to the right, and you'll notice the good blue dots disappear. Here's where things get tricky, though. Power efficiency is key to survival, of course, but it's not the only constraint in biomechanics. Not all animals optimize for energy, especially species that only use short bursts of locomotion, says Humboldt University of Berlin evolutionary biologist John Nyakatora, lead author on the paper. Obviously, for species that travel long distances, energy efficiency is very important. But for other species, it might be less important. Another factor is something called bone collision, which is a great name for a metal band. When you're putting together a fossil skeleton, you don't know how much cartilage surrounded the joints because that stuff rotted away long ago. And different kinds of animals have different amounts of cartilage. So that's a big unknown with aura bodies. In the interactive, you can dial the bone collision up and down with the slider at left. You can allow the bones to collide freely or just gently touch, says Hutchinson. Or you can dial it up to a level of four and allow no collisions, which is basically saying there must be a substantial space between the joints. Notice how that changes the dots in the graph. The more collision you prevent, the fewer the potential gates. Whereas if you allow plenty of collision, there's just more possibilities for the limb to move. Now, the robot. The team designed Aurobot to closely match the anatomy of aura bodies. It's of course simplified from the pure biology, but it's still quite complicated as robots go. Each limb is made up of five actuated joints, actuators being the fancy robotics term for motors, while the spine has eight actuated joints that allow it to bend back and forth. In the interactive, you can play with the amount of spine bending with the slider at left and see how dramatically that changes the gait. Also, take a look at the video of the caiman in there to see just how much its own spine bends as it moves. The beauty of the simulation is you can run all kinds of different gates relatively quickly, but not so with a robot. Running too many experiments with a physical platform is quite time expensive. And you can also damage the platform, says co-author and roboticist Camilo Melo of the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, Lausanne. Running simulations helped whittle down the list. 
In the end, we have several gates we know are quite good, and those are the kinds of gates we actually test with the real robot, adds Melo. What they found was that given the skeletal anatomy and matching trackways, it was likely that Ourobates walked fairly upright, more like a caiman than a salamander. Previously, it was assumed that only the amniotes developed this advanced terrestrial locomotion, says Nayakatora. That it is already present in Ourobates demonstrates that we have to assume that locomotor diversity to be present a bit earlier. An important confirmation from the trackways, there are no markings that would correspond to a dragging tail. So, thanks to a heady blend of disparate disciplines, the researchers could essentially resurrect a long-dead species to determine how it may have walked. Because they have brought digital modeling and robotics and all those things together to bear on this one animal, we can be pretty confident that they've come up with a reasonable suggestion for how it moved, says paleontologist Stuart Sumida of California State University San Bernardino. He's got unique insight here, by the way. He helped describe Ourobotes in the first place 15 years ago. It's key to also consider where Sumida and his colleagues found the fossil, in Germany. Around 300 million years ago, there was no running water at the dig site. And it's running water that paleontologists typically rely on to preserve specimens in mud. This was an utterly terrestrial environment that just happened to flood occasionally, says Sumida. And so you get a very unusual snapshot of what life was like not in the water. The upright gait of Ourobates, then, would make sense. This is a thing that walked around with great facility on the land, and this is exactly what the geology suggested, says Sumida. What that means, he adds, is that Ourobates and perhaps other early land-going species adapted to their environment faster than expected. As the Bee Gees once said, you can tell by the way I use my walk, I'm a comfortably terrestrial early tetrapod. No time to talk. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.